It's a sensitive, delicate deal, dragging brand new songs out of the sky. Trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long, old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Digging Deep with Robert Plant. I am Matt Everett, and this is the podcast where Robert Plant takes a personal journey and looks back at his remarkable musical back catalogue, picking out one song to study each week, tracing the lines of inspiration and collaboration that resulted in some amazing music. This week, we're going back to a song from Robert's first ever solo album, Pictures at Eleven, from 1982. As well as looking at where the song came from, we also study this idea of what it's like stepping out on your own after years of being with one legendary group for so long. Hope you enjoy it. This is a track called Like I've Never Been Gone. It was uh, my first adventure as a solo artist since I was 17 years old. So I was just 33. And um, the whole of my previous 12 years had been sort of in the, the, the warmth and occasional tepid and very often freezing climate of Led Zeppelin. And... Uh, so when we all lost John, uh, there was only one thing to do, and that was to carry on and to try and carry on and distance myself, if I could, from the the, the wondrous shadow of, of the past. And uh, so this is part of the one of the tracks from my first solo album, Pictures at Eleven. And... I recorded this at Rockfield Studios in Monmouth in Wales uh, and I went there because it was a, uh, it still is, a, um, a residential studio built in a farm down there around a quadrangle of a farm and the proprietors were suitably crazy 
to make it a great atmosphere. Uh, Kingsley and Charles Ward uh, had been in rock and roll groups back in the late 50s and stuff like that, and they, they were also farmers. So they got this part of the farm, and somehow or another they managed to put some great equipment in there, and that's where Cream did Bohemian Rhapsody, that's where... Uh, so many amazing I went down there when the damned were recording uh, and uh, stunning stuff that Nick Lowe did down there with the damned and just loads and loads and loads of great Dave Edmonds I went I went to sign Dave Edmonds to convince him that his future would be better on Led Zeppelin's swan song label than with Rocket Records because Elton was trying to sign him then and he duly came with us and used to ring me at four every morning asking me, where is Peter Grant? I want to speak to somebody in management. I said, we've been friends ever since. Another great project that went somewhere west. So I knew the studio really well. I knew the people there. It was a, they were charming people and I, the engineer was really great as well. Very, very good guy. So we set about making this record and and on the record uh, Robbie Blunt, Jez Woodruff um, fantastic Paul Martinez on bass and I needed a drummer that could kick ass and because Phil Collins had just his solo career was just taken off I think it was face value we were put together by this guy called Phil Carson at Atlantic Records who was the kind of senior vice president outside of America for Armit. And uh, Phil said, I, uh, I I built more or less everything that I do so much on the influence of John Bonham and I want to play on your record. And I said, well, you can't play on this track because Cozy Powell's playing on it. <laughs> and Cozy, Cozy we knew very well from those days around uh, the Midlands. And Cozy was a a good guy precocious confident and uh, like John he would you could hear him yelling when he was playing in the sheer joy of actually pulling something off that probably shouldn't have been possible in as far as a drum fill went so Cozy played on this track and on a track called Slow Dancer and then Phil played on the rest of the album and then Phil played on the next album too so this is great because it's it's a piece that's pretty dramatic beautiful playing by everyone and it in a way to me it felt like even though obviously we couldn't get John back and it wasn't a case of replacing him or finding another Bonham it was basically just taking the the idiom into somewhere pretty powerful pretty beautiful playing Robbie Blunt's playing and the way that the thing cascades as a piece of music it's um it's great i've, I've actually heard other people playing it uh it's very seldom i hear anybody playing my songs <laughs> i hear some people doing a whole lot of love and stuff but so it was quite interesting when i heard it and i was thinking ah now if i was singing that <laughs> i would do it like this you know um and it's a song that i go to now and again and go wow I, so seldom do i dig deep but when I do I'm quite impressed at some of the stuff and the amount of joy and diligence when you get to the end of a mix that this if you play this track it's like wow 
with the restrictions of trying to mix a track with so many things going on, in those days you had to release all the channels on the desk were all running live, so you had to constantly mute things or open them up, and if you got it wrong, you had to start all over again. And it's a performance in itself. Yeah, yeah. So those 4 a.m. dances around the, de- the console at Rockfield were splendid because we were all, you know, leaning on the cauldron. It must have been nice as well thinking, well, you know, there's, this is a good record. I'm not going to stop. No. I have, you know, it's, it's mm. the myth of you actually just stopping completely and becoming a teacher and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but to do a record and go, okay, this is, this is, there's road ahead of me. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, then and a little bit later on, I mean, on the next record with Phil Collins and Robbie Blank and those guys, we got this guy called Barry Morbalo, who was a drummer who played with Toll a few times and done a lot, very, very good drummer. But he'd started bringing in much more of a techno approach to stuff. Then I started hurrying swiftly up my own rectum because I could not get enough new technology. I just really went, wow, so you can do that. And if you do that with that machine, that happens to your voice. And you can do that over there. And I really did go off the track a little bit, you know. You've got to go down. Yeah, yeah. Well, it works all over the place. Just that I, it wasn't appropriate that coming from Valhalla that I should be doing anything apart from being that same old guy for the rest of my life. Because, you know, everybody's got a back catalogue and, and you, you do tend as artists to only deal in the the very front end of it. But it is nice to look at these things and go, wow. I mean, if you play these pieces without any talk in between them, they're such a disjointed bunch of musical adventures. It's, I've been in good company all the way through my time, and that is the greatest gift I could wish for. It's not always been a walk in the park, but the results have been something that I'm not hiding from.
There you go. That was episode four of Digging Deep with Robert Plant. Thank you for streaming and downloading and listening. If you like the episode, then I can recommend hitting the subscribe button if you haven't done already. That way you won't miss our next episode. And of course, then you can go back and listen to previous shows in the Digging Deep series. We'll be back soon with another song from Robert's amazing back catalogue. Until then, I've been Matt Everett. Thanks for listening. This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production.